Welcome to the one-on-one with one and only sports podcast. I'm your host, Theo Wan. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we are going to be looking at the stories and lives of the players, coaches, and personalities that make up the world of Ultimate. Each week, I will talk to a new guest, and we will talk about their journey into Ultimate, what their life in Ultimate looks like, their most memorable games, and a fun rapid-fire segment to end the episode. If you like the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe and get the word out about the podcast to others. Your support is truly appreciated. New episodes come out every Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Flatball Collective. Want to show your love for Ultimate and Disc Golf? Check out Flatball Collective, an everyday apparel brand inspired by our favorite sports of Ultimate and Disc Golf. Designed by players from around the world, who also happen to be talented artists, each item represents a unique perspective of the sport. I personally love my Disc is Life sweater because it's super comfortable and I get to wrap my favorite sport off the field. Tees, hoodies, toques, towels, mugs, and more. Pick up your favorite item today online at Flatball Collective on Instagram or flatballcollective.com. Use code one and only 15 to get 15% off your order. That's code one and only 15 to get 15% off your order. Now with all that done, let's go. This week's guest is Gabe Hernandez. Gabe recently played for Austin Double Wide, a men's club team, and the Dallas Roughnecks of the American Ultimate Disc League. Gabe finished second with Double Wide at the USA Ultimate National Championships in 2017. Gabe also finished as a runner-up in the AUDL Championship in 2019 with the Dallas Roughnecks. Gabe was the 2018 Callahan Award winner, which is given to the most valuable player in the men's and women's division in Division I Ultimate, and is remembered for his heroic performance with Stanford, leading them to nationals in the game to go, tearing his ACL in that game. With Stanford bloodthirsty, Gabe was a two-time All-American and a four-time All-Region player. He has won a Columbia National Championship in 2016 with Comunidad Aloso. He completed his Bachelor's of Science degree at Stanford University and his Master's of Education at Johns Hopkins University. Here's my interview with Gabe Hernandez. So I'm here with Gabe Hernandez. Gabe, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming on the podcast here. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm doing good. I just got home from work. I teach, so it's been a long day, long week, but it's almost Friday, so I'm ready for the weekend. As a former teacher myself, I totally understand the struggle there, Gabe. So we'll talk a little bit about that in segment two, day-to-day life, but we're going to start off here, segment one, your journey. So some people might know you from your time with the Roughnecks or Double Wide. Some people might know about your time with Stanford. So can you tell the audience how you got into Ultimate itself and uh, kind of a little bit of your journey in the sport? Yeah, definitely. I first heard of Ultimate kind of like the last couple months of my senior year in high school. There was a couple people in the class that were like, oh, like, you know, look at this Ultimate Frisbee thing. It's like a college sport. And they just showed me like highlight videos. And so I went to throw around very casually a couple of times with some friends um, in high school. And that was pretty cool, like run around, chase Frisbee, you know. And then I didn't realize how competitive it was until I got to college at Stanford. And I wasn't really thinking seriously about joining the team. I was going to do like a, some other club sport. But my freshman roommate, who's one of my closest friends to this day, he like was trying out for the team and he said, yo, you should come check out this uh, ultimate frisbee and i was like oh i think i kind of heard about it like we just kind of throw the frisbee at each other right and he's like yeah but like it's intense the stanford team like went to nationals and like he was from the pittsburgh area so ultimate's pretty big in that area and he's like yeah you have to come check it out man like like it's intense and i was like all right sure like why not it's some you know i'll try out something new so then i go to the tryout and i'm immediately like blown away because one of the captains that year his freshman year he was on the stanford decathlon team and he ended up not liking it, so he just dropped like the like the NCAA varsity. And so he just dropped, and then like the ultimate team happened to pick him up. They're like, "Yeah, come try." So like this dude's five nine, five ten, but he's just a springboard. He's just outrunning everyone, just like skying everyone. Um, and I was like, "Wow, like this guy's athletic. He's he's great. He's a captain. This is not what I expected, but I, I'm a, I'm down. I'm I'm about it." And so then the tryout process happened, and I ended up making the team with a, a couple other like freshmen who also still are some of my closest friends, and. Ever since then, like I originally was kind of like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll join it. And then that year kind of going, we lost in the game to go to nationals that year. And I didn't really play in the game to go. Like, I didn't play it at all. But I was like, oh, like we almost made it to like the national championship tournament. So, tournament. so like the next year I was like, okay, like we need to, you know, I can work hard at this. And that's how I kind of got really past the threshold into like, all right, I'm going to throw every day. I'm going to work out every day. I'm really going to take this seriously. 
and it became like the biggest extracurricular commitment in college, which is where I grew the most. For sure. And uh, for those who listened to the Jamie Erickson episode, she actually gives you a shout out there, Gabe, about how you started the hey. the throwing every day and she was inspired hey. by that. So uh, <laughs> just so you know, you've inspired one of the guests on the podcast there. But uh, let's go back here a little bit into high school. You're originally from Texas. Is that correct? Yeah, I was born in Denver, but I grew up in outside of Dallas ever since uh, first grade. So uh, in Texas, we know football is super important. So was that something you did in high school? Like what other sports did you play? What kind of got you into ultimate? So I think I was always a very active and uh, restless child. So my parents immediately, they're like, we need to get this guy and like tire him out. So when he comes home, like he's not, you know, stressing us out or whatever. So from when the time I was like four or five, uh, they put me in soccer. So I played soccer for a year. And then my dad has always really loved baseball. So I ended up playing baseball from the time I was like five years old until I was like in middle school, like sixth or seventh grade. And at that point, I got scared of kid pitch baseball. So I was like, ah, I'm going to go try like football instead. So I went to football, played that for two years, and then played basketball for a year, played tennis for two years. I went back to soccer my senior year. I kind of did cross country throughout. So I was always kind of like bouncing around. I couldn't really like stick to anything. I'm like, I'm just going to try everything. And... I think that also contributed to when I got to college, I was like, oh, I've kind of tried everything. I'm not really set in one sport. Like this new thing, it kind of made it easier for me to give it a try because I was originally going to try out for the club soccer team at Stanford. And then the tryouts for Frisbee were earlier. So I was like, oh, I'll go to this. And then I liked it. And I was like, ah, I'll stick with this. I was kind of all over the place. Yeah. So I think that also helped me be more receptive and be like, oh, yeah, like I'll try out a new sport in college. And what would you say was the big moment in college there? Was it kind of in your sophomore year where you felt like you're able to take that next step? Or where did you feel like you could eventually uh, help lead this team to nationals, which you did in 2018? Yeah, I think it was a combination of, I think at the end of my freshman year, my freshman year, I was already kind of like, oh, I'm on a competitive college team. Like it, it was, it was a cool experience to get to be able to say like, and then since it was called like D1 Ultimate Frisbee, I was like, oh, like D1 athlete, like, let's go, you know? A little bit of the hype there. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So like I was kind of like hyping myself up to be like, oh, like I'm on the college team. Like we can go to national. So, so from the from the freshman year, like I, I wasn't as committed, but I would still work out. I would still like do all this stuff. And one of the he was a junior that year. His name's Elliot Chartok. At the end of that year, he sent me like an email with a video of uh, Tyler DiGirolamo. And he said like, oh, like yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like one of my friends went to high school with him. And when they were in high school, Tyler was like not even good. And when they were graduating, he was like, to the, at that point, better player in high school who was coming to Stanford. He was like, I'm going to be better than you by the end of college. Just watch. And so then he, he sent me an email talking about how much he worked out, how much he worked at the game, and how he became one of the most dominant players in college. He sent me that. He sent me his video. And he, and he basically was like, I see you having a lot of potential. If you really work at it, you could be like a really dominant player in the game. And so kind of through his mentorship, and then the next year... He was a captain. He and I co-captained the following year. So I think captaining my sophomore year kind of really just, you know, I was I was in acapella at the time and I was trying to do both. But then once I made the transition to captaining, my freshman year where I had, oh, like missed a day of a tournament to go to a performance, missed a performance to go to a tournament. My sophomore year is like, oh, I'm captain now. Like if there's a conflict, it has to be the team. So that's kind of... No more singing for you there. Exactly. I mean, I can sing on side. I, I was actually still in acapella group my sophomore year, but I, like every commitment, every conflict, I was just at the on the teams. The following year, I was like, I can't really do both. But yeah, that was the part of it. And that's my sophomore year was actually the year that I was like, I'm going to throw every day. Yeah. And then with that, into your junior year, did you start playing club then? How did club playing club both in the Texas area there and potentially in the Palo Alto area as well. How did that help with your development? I think club was definitely one of the biggest reasons I was able to improve really quickly. The summer after my freshman year, my coach and Elliot helped me find like a Dallas, because I was coming back to Dallas and they helped me find a local team. And I showed up and it was like, you know, we didn't make it to regionals. It was like a sectionals level team based in Dallas. And but it was really good because like whereas in college I was like oh like I'm just gonna defend people and then maybe catch a pass and dump it on this club team it's like oh now I can't like if you have a, if you can throw up field like yeah do it why not and so helping me get the confidence to kind of like get reps and then my summer after my sophomore year I played on a club team Palo Alto and I was actually the captain of that club team for the summer and so 
we practiced three times a week and I was just like, sure, this, this is what I'm going to do. And so for the whole summer, I was just like running practices, you know, and most of the practice, it was like a very like low key, chill team. So it was like most of the practice was just like scrimmaging, like, all right, show up, let's do maybe a couple of drills, work on some like breaking the mark or something. But like, all right, let's scrimmage for the like next hour and a half. So that I think helped me a lot. And it's actually after that summer was when my coach was like beginning of my junior year. He was like, you, why don't you try handling? And so my junior fall, I handled in some like very low key games. And like my coach was like, wow, like you, your throwing has gone through the roof. Like whereas before I could barely throw up field, barely throw like five, 10 yards and not really know where it was going to go. After those two summers, it was like, oh, like you can throw a full field flick huck. Like we need to put you in the backfield. So I think that's kind of what, you know, if I, I feel like if I don't, spend as much time focusing on like throwing and just consistently playing all the time for the first two years. I'm not sure that my junior year I'm put in like the handling role. I was a D-line handler and it obviously would have been different, but I think that's, those are two, some of the big uh, components of that. For sure. And then you played with double wide 2017, 2018, 2019. Is that correct? 2017 and 2019. Cause I tore my ACL 2018. wasn't able to play. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that story a bit later there. But 2017, <laughs> your team makes an improbable run there to the final. How did that feel? What was that like for you? Because you were still in college at the time, right? So you're bringing that expertise into your senior year as a captain. So how did that go? It was cool. You know, throughout the season, I had played a couple of tournaments. I was always like a D line kind of cutter. Like no one really, like no one really knew. It was like, oh, like some guy from from California. Like you know, he's playing on Stanford. They they're like a nationals level team. Like, yeah. So like, I didn't actually try out for them. I just sent them like a video of some highlights and they were like, okay, we well, can come to tournaments, see how you, how you fit in. One of our coaches played for revolver at the time. So he emailed the double wide captains. I was like, and then he was kind of like, you know, basically told them you should take him. <laughs> and I think, I don't know how much of, how much of a role that played, but just getting to see like a much higher level ultimate. And I think also that year at nationals, I didn't have a huge role. I was every other D line kind of player. And just kind of cutting, not really handling. Like I would cut, get it, and if there's a good open pass, throw it. Otherwise, just kind of you know reset. But I was able to see like some high quality playing and able to make an impact, like getting blocks, getting assists and stuff. Even though there wasn't that many of them, and then playing in the final, I actually didn't get any playing time in the championship game that year. We got beat pretty badly by Revolver. Six points in, it was like all right, universe line every you know top ten, top eight players. So, but it was a good, it was a cool experience. I think I learned a lot about how much I still needed to improve, and it was it was it was a really good experience coming back into my senior year, being like, oh, I've, like I I've been able to play at this higher level. Coming back down, it's like, oh, it's kind of slowed down now. I can see the field a lot differently. I can kind of see things developing because it's usually it's just like a slower pace in uh, in college. And you're able to bring that experience there. So then, how did that senior year go for you in terms of your development as a leader and as a player? My junior year. We had a lot of turnover on the team. We lost a lot of really good players and we had a really large freshman class come in. And so it was like freshman year, like it was, you know, it was kind of like, all right, let's, let's get these guys reps. Let's get, but then going into my senior year, they're all the sophomores, right? And so they're still all pretty young. Like they don't really have that much experience. And in our first three tournaments, it was this, this motto, like Gabe and the sophomores. So it's literally like my coach just like threw me out there and he's like, all right, we have all the, you know, all the seniors of 50 years, they kind of play on a line together getting some like the O-line reps, getting them, you know, situated. And then some of the D-line and even some of the offense is like, all right, Gabe and the sophomores, go. And so it's like literally me and then the rest of the line is all second year players. You're like the team dad at that point, I guess, as the senior, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I built a really good uh, bond with a lot of the sophomores on that year, on that team that year. They're some of my closest friends as well. But I think that putting me in that position, it's like, all right, I'm on the field with a bunch of inexperienced players and it's like all right i need to tell them where to go and I tell them where to be and I direct the offense hit the throw get set up for the reset and so like really early on that year our coach was like yeah like you're gonna make this team better by like not just you know doing everything but coaching and, and leading the team in ways by calling plays calling your shots starting to understand oh moments in the game where you should call this play when you can take risks when you should kind of be more patient so i think early on that year it was like coach was like yeah let's go like Put him in with a bunch of inexperienced players. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And it was really good. I think. I think we actually ended up being really successful in some of those tournaments with some of those lines. And I think it helped me grow in confidence and as a leader, and also helped me grow some of the younger players, which ended up playing a big role that season as well. And in 2018, you had a big achievement. You win the Callahan Award. For those who don't know, that's for the top 
college player, both in the men's and women's division there, D1. And so you won that award against some obviously worthy candidates beside you. How did that feel? What was your first reaction when you heard that you had won? I was kind of disbelief. Like, I, you know, it was like, first they said, like, would they put your name on the top five? And it's like, okay, like, dang, top five. And some of your teammates, like, the night before, it's texting, like, hey, like, even if you don't get it, like, I'm so proud of you, like, whatever, just encouraging you and stuff like that. And I'm just kind of, like, going with it. I'm just, like, kind of in this, like, go with the flow. Like, I'm not really thinking about it too much. And, you know, I'm just standing there, and they're, like, they're about to announce it. Like, and just, like, a brief little moment, a little pause before they announce it. And so the first words that the guy said was from Stanford University. And it was just, like, the whole team just, like, burst. And, like, they're all shirtless. They all got, like, my name on their, like, chest and stuff. And I'm just, like, wow. I didn't expect it. Like, for me, like, I wasn't going to feel bad if I didn't get it. It's more so, like, a you got it. Therefore, it's, like, like, exponential, I don't know, really good feeling, I guess. So disbelief followed by, like, just being swarmed by my teammates, parents, and my sister were there. It was definitely a really cool experience. In retrospect, it's kind of a blur of emotions. Like, it's just like you hear it, you feel, you see everyone and like what happened immediately after that. Like, I, I couldn't tell you the details of like where I was or what happened next. I just like, just because you're just overwhelmed with for your teammates, this award, this good feeling. That's the best I could describe it. <laughs> it's probably uh, something you'll always remember, of course. And I know when people get awards, they usually do a speech and thank some people. So hey. I'm going to give you a chance here to give some shout outs to people who are helpful in your college journey to get to that award and to get to where you are now for sure um shout out ryan thompson his first year coaching was my year first year as a freshman and he was you know part of the leadership team that said yo let's make this sophomore a captain like he's not you know very good at this sport but like hey you're honest though i like it (laughs) you can ask him and that's what he'll tell you like yeah he couldn't he couldn't throw to save his life but he like saw like the determination the work ethic he, all the things that he saw, he was like, yeah, we need to make him a captain. And he's, uh, he thought that it was going to really blossom me to where I got. And he coached all four years. Big shout out to Ryan. Elliot Chartok, he was that that guy that sent me that Tyler DiGirolamo footage and video. And it was like, he was two years above me. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, you have a lot of potential. Keep working hard. And then as I got older and better, some of our practices were like me and him going back and forth, guarding each other, playing against each other. My junior year, he was a fifth year, so like a lot of just kind of friendly trash talk, sometimes not so friendly trash talk, you know, all that. A little bit of shoving in practice is what you're saying. Exactly, exactly. So I think those two, and then also shout out, probably going to go with Alan, Alan Ndovu. He was another freshman. He was my year, so we were freshmen together up until seniors together. We both just kind of grew from just being really new to both being seniors, like some of the leadership that he showed when we were even when we were younger like he, he kind of him and I kind of spearheaded like the we're the rookies but like you know we're not going to take no from anyone we're going to come out and like work hard and earn it on the field and stuff like that so I think having him by my side and kind of growing together with him until eventually captaining, captaining with him my senior year was a really good experience and just kind of his his personality his mentality the way he approaches competing and and positivity amongst the team was really nice to, to watch and I think that he, he helps me grow also as a leader. Yeah, big shout out to all those people that helped you get to where you are. And so my next question is, what made you even decide to stay with Ultimate, especially after your freshman year? You said you can't really throw up field. Some people might give up, right? They're just like, I can't throw this flick anymore, <laughs> so I'm going to stop playing Ultimate. What made you stick it through? I think I I knew after my freshman year that I was going to play on the team all four years. And it was like something I liked doing. I think that also my freshman year, like the first couple months, I had like a, fa- like a family member pass away. So I was kind of hard to deal with being a freshman in college and for me coming to practice three times a week ended up being my space to like be able to run and release a lot of stress of school of like family emotions and like I think it it became a really good space for me to not only compete I'm very competitive person you know competing and, and getting that is always good but also just to be able to release all this energy not worry about school homework anything else so that kind of gave me like a a tie to the sport in that way and then my sophomore year just like once I committed to like I'm gonna throw every day for like 130 days or whatever it was once I committed that much it's like okay I I think also the rapid improvement the rapid trajectory that happened also was like oh like how 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 much more can I keep improving so I think that also got me to to really stick with it and and even until now it's like okay like there's still a lot of things that I, I I want to accomplish and that kind of drives me to like, okay, like, you know, you've, you've, you've played, you're, 
you you had some accomplishments, but like there's still some other stuff that you haven't done yet, and that kind of keeps me wanting to, to come back. So that's great. And last question here is segment one. There might be someone in the audience who wants to one day win a Callahan Award. There, Gabe. So what's some advice you would give to someone who's entering college or in college right now playing Ultimate to try to get to that next level, try to win that elusive Callahan Award, you know? So what uh, what's the advice you would give? Advice I would give, make it like a, a routine, make it a habit. So I know Jamie was on here a couple, I don't know how long ago, but she like she's a very good example of, I don't actually know how much she works out every day. It seems like she does a lot, but there are some days where like, even if like if it, if it comes to, for me, it was throwing. It was making it a small habit of like every day I'm going to find at least 15 minutes to throw with someone for 130 days in a row. So like you don't have to go one day and be like for three hours, I'm just going to dog myself and tell myself out. It's finding small ways to constantly improve. And if you do that, you'll start to see pretty big dividends get paid out. Make it consistent. Like for me, it was it was four straight years of like playing college club, college club, college club. And so I think that constantly kept me like growing and improving. It was like a good competitive outlet for me. So I'd say like, you know, develop consistent habits. And people say it's a lot. It's about the it's about the journey, right? It's not about the goal. It's not about the end point. So like for me, if if you were to go back in time and like, you know, there's an award ceremony, they announced the winner and it's somebody else, like I wouldn't have felt dejected or defeated because everything that I'd gotten up to that point, I was already like happy with. Like we were, this team was at nationals. My best friends were there. We we're having a great time. And those are the memories that you end up remembering. Like the trophy is nice and like it's it's cool to like ha- have that recognition. But at the end of the day, like my favorite memories are the games with my teammates, the the uh, the, the places we went to. Like those are the things that I most value. And, you know, regardless of like individual accolades and accomplishments, like those are the things that you're going to value the most with your team. So if you're able to focus on your team and grow your team in the best way possible, be like a selfless teammate and all those good things, like you're going to put your team in a position to get to a place where people start watching, you know, and for me, like I, I value those, those, those team things a lot more. And I don't know, I'm sure somebody else would tell you something different, but I would say like, it's a team sport develop your skills, give to your team in the best way that you can. And if you want to like, you know, if you want to go for the Callahan, like develop your individual skills as well, like work on your quickness, work on your footwork, watch film, all the stuff that goes into like being a student of the game and also share those with like the rest of your team. You talked a lot about habits. So we're going to jump in here into segment two, day-to-day life. So obviously with COVID, things have changed, but as a teacher, how do you balance sort of work and then playing ultimate and also playing, you know, a lot of weekends in the AUDL with the Roughnecks as well. So how do you balance all that? I know that for me as a former teacher, it was always hard to, you know, grade papers, <laughs> grade things, and then plan, right? You got the whole weekend, you're out with your friends, you're out with the team. So how do you balance all that? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge balance-wise for me was when... I was teaching, I was doing my master's program and I was playing with Johns Hopkins because like, and I think if I would have, so the master's program that I did was a remote master's degree through Johns Hopkins with like faculty in Dallas. So I think if I would have done my same program in Baltimore, I don't know if I could have managed it because being in Dallas, it's like, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to ask you to fly to the practices every week, fly to Baltimore on Tuesday and Thursday nights. So for me, it was literally the whole week is like, I'm, I'm working from like seven to five classes from five thirty to eight Monday through Friday. I get home, you know, maybe do some homework, maybe eat something and then do it all again the next day. So like that was really, really hard. Then when the season hit for Johns Hopkins, it's like every other weekend I'm flying to like the East Coast to try to play a college tournament while also like recovering from like a ACL tear from the previous year and doing like rehab and like, oh, it was a lot of stuff to balance. I mean, I think I just kind of like just put my head down was like, all right, I'm doing this, 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 this and this. The weekends that I wasn't traveling, I wasn't playing. I really just took to really focus on keeping myself sane and focusing on like mental health and doing things that I enjoyed. And I think it also helps that like everything that I was doing, education, school, teaching, being a student and playing for Johns Hopkins, they're all things that like I really, really cared about. So that also helps being like, oh, like if I spend too much time watching like this footage of this team, like I might not do as well as my job. And if I worked at something that I didn't like, I would have been like, oh, like, yeah, that's probably fine. Like, you know, whatever. But being, you know, being in education, I was like, no, like I can't, you know, you know, these, my students deserve my best just as much as my teammates. It was definitely a hard time period. And I think something that helped also was since I was recovering from surgery, 
there's a weekend where I flew out to a Johns Hopkins tournament before I was able to get cleared to play. It was like a, a fall tournament. And just like just went to go meet the team and like be there to support on the sidelines cheering. And so my first interaction with them was like as a supporter and as a kind of coach and like helping them, oh, try this, try this here, try this there, et cetera. And then when I came back and played my first actual tournament, I already had those relationships built, that trust. Whereas I think it would have been harder if it just like, oh, like here's a random guy from Texas coming to play and like we're going to give him a lot of play time and people being like, what? Like, but then, you know, being there, it was, I think that helped. So I don't know if I answered the question really. I think it was just a combination of liking everything that I was doing enough to where I needed to be balanced to treat them all and do well at all of them. I think also, I think I, need, I really need to thank my parents because I was living with them during this time and they were like, so like they were the most supportive people in my life. Since I was doing all this stuff, it was, I come home and like my my mom's like, yeah, like, don't worry, like there's gonna be food ready. Like there's this and that food on the table, like get home and like suddenly she just like grabbed all my laundry and like washed it and I'm like you don't have to do that she's like I know but like you're busy and like I want to help so like them just doing that has helped me like I would not be anywhere near as close to where I am without their support so shout out to them yeah you'll have to make sure you send uh send the episode their way so they uh they get the shout out right there (laughs) and then so with COVID right now happening especially like in Texas I don't I'm pretty sure it's not that great like things are cases are a little bit high there I think have you like prioritized any sort of training for ultimate for next year? Or are you kind of just focused on some other things this at this time? I have prioritized staying in shape and just kind of getting stronger. So as far as like working out goes, it's like playing, it's like running, going for a lot of jogs, going for a lot of trying to like run a mile as fast as you can, taking a break, do it again, trying to stay in shape, that cardio shape, which I think is honestly the most, one of the most important parts of, ultimate frisbee because you just play so many games back to back to back less so for AUDL but it still is a lot of cardio involved there's only 20 players on the roster right so yeah (laughs) yeah just like getting stronger basic just base strength full body strength upper body strength lower body strength so I just kind kind of keep it balanced and then as far as like ultimate specific I haven't really played that much or really touched like a ultimate disc at all but I did since the season got canceled. There's a couple of people on the team that are really into disc golf. So I like I started playing disc golf like three months ago, and I'm starting to like it a lot. I'm, I, th- I feel like I'm getting the the disc. The discs are definitely definitely different, but I've learned so much about flight paths of discs from disc golf. And I've won like I think like 500 bucks playing a different events. So like, are you, are you pro now, or, or are you winning? Are you winning just the amateur divisions there? It sounds like you might be going pro sometime. I mean. Maybe not soon. I haven't, I haven't won like a like a pro event. I've just won like amateur. About like half, like two hundred thirty, is like store credit, where like you win and like oh you have to use this money to buy stuff. And the other like two seventy is like cash from random mini tournaments or friendly, like place a bet with your friends kind of thing. You know, I I like the idea of going pro. I don't know how soon that'll happen, but. I think that has given me some kind of practice with, with discs. And I feel like I've I've definitely learned so much more about discs than I ever thought I was going to with Ultimate Frisbee. So maybe I'm thinking that like going back to Ultimate is going to be like, oh, now that I understand this flight path so much better, maybe I'll be better at throwing. I don't know. <laughs> I've uh, delved into the disc golf as well. And uh, let me tell you, throwing a, a regular disc craft ultra star there does not feel the same. It's very different. The fade and all that, yeah, yeah it's very different. So uh, you'll get a, you'll notice it when you start uh, practicing up again for ultimate. There, some of the best disc golfers on the team are also the best handlers that our team has ever had for the roughnecks. So I'm like, correlation, causation. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm about like maybe, maybe I'll, I'll be there soon. Yeah, for sure. And there is a lot of uh, sponsorship money available in disc golf, Gabe. So maybe that's something uh, you want to look at later on. So yeah. So we're going to move here to segment three, memorable games. So Gabe, I'm going to give you a chance to, to dive back into the Gabe Hernandez archive there. Talk about your favorite game you've ever played in. We went to Easterns and it was my junior year. And so we go to Easterns and it's like we, we play first game, first game of the tournament, Saturday morning, eight o'clock against University of North Carolina, the one seed at the tournament, favorite to win a championship, all that stuff, right? I'm like, oh, like they're playing Stanford, like what? And so we show up and like literally it's just like this happened two years in a row. We went to Easterns and like we were just like so like in the zone, like let's go. And we just came out and like out the gate, 
they like didn't know what hit them, right? And so like just a team firing on all cylinders and seeing like our our team of people that have played for less than two years, less than one year, less than three years, just like going toe to toe with these like very experienced players from youth they play a lot of youth out there so (laughs) exactly they've been playing for so long and so we go and i'm literally like on the on the d-line like we're just cutting hard i'm just like there's really like so many we get a turnover it's like boom cut couple throws and then boom let's send it to the end zone and just everything worked for us literally everything and like they couldn't do anything about it tried a zone we went right through it they tried man we went right through it we ended up taking the game winning the game upsetting the number one seed and like the year before the same exact situation against unc wilmington whenever jack was on the team and jack williams and he same thing like we come out the gate like and we ended up beating them by like three or four points and just that feeling of like coming in like oh like this hot hot shot top shot team everyone expects to win just coming out and being like hold up who you think you are like we're here like we know you you know we know you didn't expect us but like you better pay attention and i think the reason i like them so much is because it kind of is a symbol of like my whole experience playing ultimate frisbee at stanford it's like Oh, like we have like the the like pieces to be good. It's just no one's ever played long played long enough to put it together in the way that UNC and Wilmington does. So, I think those the games like that are, are the ones where. And we had a similar game against Carleton my senior year. But I know it was only supposed to be one game. But it's always like the games is like you're very clearly an underdog, and you very you know you just come out the gate, hit him in the mouth, and just be like should have should have treated us more seriously. <laughs> You're traveling pretty far, right? Flying all the way from Palo Alto there into South Carolina. So you got to get your, yep. your miles worth, right? Exactly. So I assume you're not driving. So it's a long flight out there. We like, it's one, it's one of those where you like leave at like 9 a.m. and you land at like 4 p.m. because of the time change. Yeah, exactly. I was also referring to a game earlier that, uh, that Gabe played in. Um, in his bio, we talked about it, the 2018 game there the game to go so can you share a little bit about that i know it might not be your favorite game but i know it's probably something people want to hear about your mindset going into that game and then what happened of course the big injury and then obviously uh you coming back and leading the team to victory there yeah for sure and i mean that's you know that game is definitely still like top five for me uh even though it's like it may not top the list so that game it is you know 2018 we're playing regionals there's only one ticket to nationals that year which is kind of the story every year in the southwest in our region kind of we're all beating each other up for just one ticket and we had kind of like been through some scares in the games before like we went down by like three or four to a team we like we had a we like there was a couple games where if we didn't score the last like four or five points like we weren't gonna we weren't gonna win in pool play that happened I, I don't remember a game like that in in the bracket but in pool play there's a couple games where like we almost we almost gave away and like we had to like really dig and like fight through it. And so we get to the finals. It's a pretty windy day at Cal Poly. It's the same exact field that we played the finals game to go against Cal Poly two years ago when we were the the heavy favorite and they just came out and took the bid from us. That was, they had never been nationals before. They just came and put themselves on the map, which is a great game from them. But so this is kind of like a replay of that. It's like, okay, now it's 2018, game to go. Yeah, so we start playing. It was, it was pretty windy. So like from the very beginning kind of came into play it was very clearly upwind downwind uh kind of points and there wasn't really many breaks for the first first like two three four five points until we get a turnover going upwind and we get a we get a break so like we start we put ourselves on top but it's still pretty close right it's it's going and there's not much separating us besides like the one break and so then there's this pull that you know that they pull <laughs> and <laughs> i've always been a very um goofy silly player like even though when i'm really really competitive i always like whenever it's not playing or whenever there's something's like oh like you know we're still lighthearted. we're still like i'm competitive but like i can joke i can joke with you and whatever pull's coming i know it's going i know the pull's going out of bounds and so i'm like i'm like running to catch it and i'm like oh i'm jumping like i'm pretending to catch it but then i'm gonna air dodge and like not catch it and i ended up just like taking a weird landing and then just hurt myself like i I don't remember hearing anything but I just immediately, I couldn't support my weight. I landed weird. I couldn't get up. And so this was, I think it was like six to five or something at this point. And so I ended up, you know, not playing for the two points. The the whole, for the quarterfinals and semifinals, I had played every point of the game up until that point. Um, so every point of Sunday. A lot of mileage on the legs there. So that, that could have uh, contributed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the trainer comes over and they do like the little test. People have told me what it's called, but I always forget. And so he's like moving around and he's like, 
he basically says like it doesn't feel like anything is anything is torn like it doesn't feel like you have any ligament damage it's probably just like a sprain or something it's all going to be pain management take some ibuprofen go back and i was like that's all i need to hear that's all i need to hear and so i go take some ibuprofen I missed like two or three points and then come back in the game in which, you know, at that point we have now slow has taken the lead. And so we come back and it's like a very, I think we're down by like two or three points trying to fight back. And then it ended up, it was 11 to eight and we scored the last five points in a row to win the game to 13. The combination of just like coming in and, and really like we have to be aggressive. Like it was a windy day and my coach at the time, one of the assistant coaches, he called it windball. He was like, "We got to play windball. Like, it's not going to be clean ultimate." Like, I like that windball. That's a you got to coin that term right there. <laughs> exactly, it's Josh Kapolivsky's term, and he was like, "Windball." And what windball is, is like, if you see a shot, you take it. If a shot goes up, you go get it. And it doesn't matter who you are. Like, it doesn't matter where you're on the field. Like, go get it. Like, there's going to be turnovers. Both teams are going to have turnovers, and that's it. That's windball. So like. We come out and like we we score upwind, we score downwind, we score upwind, we score downwind, and we score upwind to take the game. And a lot of lot of great, you know, just a lot of overall really great defense from our whole top to bottom, making it really hard for them to complete passes. And then on the turnovers, just being like, you know, not giving it back. And with wind ball, like it was like, oh, there's a shot there, like you know, let's take it. We're going downwind, like take it, let's go get it. And then if not, like okay, let's get it back. So I think there was a lot of effort and resilience from a lot of our players on our team and you know we ended up taking the game and that was like huge comeback the kind of momentum and build up leading to the victory was kind of like oh we just scored another one oh we just scored another one oh we scored now it's tied oh we just scored downwind like if we score up win one more time like we win the like you know kind of just kind of building anticipation excitement and so we end up winning the game a lot of great emotions going to nationals and you know, I just chill out for the side, really just kind of sit there, take it all in. And we, on the ride home, I'm just kind of sitting there. And the next morning was when I could first, like my knee was the size of like a, like a watermelon. I, I couldn't bend it, not even like two degrees. I had to get crutches, you know. And then that, that day I went to get an MRI. And then on Wednesday, they call me back and it's like, yeah, you, like your, your ACL is torn. Like you, like you need surgery. You need to get that fixed. And then I was like very shocked at first and then when i told the coaches they're like there, there's no way that's not possible you literally played the rest of the game and i was like yeah but you know i have like the mri right here like it's it's not there <laughs> like it's great and so that was kind of like a a moment of confusion by a lot of people they're like we don't know and so when i ended up talking to the guy that was eventually going to do my surgery he was like no sometimes like there, there's a couple things that can happen he did like surgeries for the stanford uh, football team he was like their ACL guy. And he's like, I've seen people like Olympic athletes like tear the ACL and like there's either the supporting muscles in your hamstrings and leg are like are strong enough to hold it all together. And then at the same time, he's like, yeah, he like asked me, he's like, are you have a history of just like being kind of tight? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm not super flexible, you know? And he's like, that probably contributes also because like I've always it's been a running joke among everyone that I've always played with that I can't really sit like crisscross. I can't really like, I'm not very flexible. People are like, how are you like athletic and not flexible? I'm like, I don't know. I just have never been flexible. And so he's like, that probably contributed to it also. Just kind of things just kind of holding in place. Plus the adrenaline of being in like the game and also not knowing that you had torn it. That could play a big role as well. Cause it's not in your head. Yeah. So like, Cause I tried to like play at nationals and like knowing that it's torn, it's like a completely different, it's like every step is cautious, which and then makes it more dangerous to hurt it even more. So like not knowing and just trusting this, the stability that you're used to trusting. But that's kind of what I remember when I think about that game. Appreciate you sharing that game. And I know nationals didn't go the way you wanted. And were you able to play a lot of that tournament or you didn't really touch the field at all? Uh, nationals, I played the first two games. And I was very frustrated with myself because I tried to do a lot with my throws, which I'm I'm always a player that like gets open over and over and over and over again. And I just get open with my legs all the time and then set up the team. And those two games, it's like, oh, I'm here. Instead of taking like the, the normal progression of cuts or something like, oh, here's a really tight inside 50 yard downfield throw, uh, high release, let's go. Like So like very low percentage, like things that I could hit not very consistently, but I could hit sometimes. So like that 
some bad hucks, bad throws. Like it was just very frustrating. And then the second game, and both it was both the teams below us in like seeding wise. So like it was very frustrating. And in the second game, I was like, there was a, there was a point where I was trying to play and the coach was like no we need you to sit out and i got very visibly frustrated of like no like i need and they're like we can score down win like we're gonna do it and i'm like and i just got kind of like ah like very frustrated and we ended up losing that game too and so just a lot of emotions i remember talking to the team after day one and apologizing and being like i'm sorry i have i was i'm not like my usual self like i'm just really focused on me right now instead of being focused on the team so it was very frustrating for me. And then the next morning after the added two games that I played, like my knee was swollen again and I couldn't bend it that much. So it was like, I talked to the coach and I'm like, yeah, I can't really like play. <laughs> so I didn't tell him. I just kind of like, I went to the trainer and like told him the situation. And he's And going into the tournament, even the, the surgeon or the doctor was like, you can play as much as you want. Like if it's going to be like the worst case scenario is you tear a lot of things in your knees. The best case scenario is that you're totally fine. So like weigh those options, it being the final tournament of your Stanford career like so that's what I kind of went into it and then the second day was like I don't know there's a combination of conversations with the trainer with my coaches with my parents and ultimately deciding to kind of shut it down and just be be the sideline presence so I played better part of two games at nationals but we ended up going 0 and 5 the whole weekend so it wasn't a great performance but I still think it was one of the most fun tournaments that I've ever been at just because of our team culture which is a different tangent, but yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the humility as well, being vulnerable and sharing a little bit about your experience there. And uh, I'm going to take you back again to the to the archive here. We're going to talk about your least favorite game you've ever played and be it for whatever reason. So could you share your maybe your least favorite game that you've ever played in? Could be a league game for all we know. Oh, okay. That actually kicked my, because I didn't know what I was going to answer until you said that. Yeah, so actually this was like last winter. I was in a league game. We're playing a team. It's like the semi, the semifinals, and this other team is like has a couple players that just very clearly want to win, and like they're they're you know it's it's league right? It's competitive, but like at the same time, like they're calling every single little thing, like a travel, like you you move a little too far in the market. It's like oh you moved like just the the very annoying kind of call kind of person, right? And so I'm like all right, like I, I've played with these kind of people before. Like I just know like just just don't get it, you know, beat him anyways. Just don't do the things that they're calling you out for. But there was this one moment in particular where like. This guy on their team, he, I forget the situation, but like it was a hook. Someone threw it deep and I think we were throwing it to a player on our team. So we throw it to our player on our team and then a player from their team, which is like two and a half times his size, like probably one of the bigger, bulkier guys on the team. The guy on our team is very small and like, it just like a collision happened and like he just kind of ran like, and he like is on the floor, like kind of just like, he's dazed. (laughs) He's like, he's just on the floor. And like, in that situation, you just see a collision happen. You see a really big dude. You see a really small dude. And the first thing that the guy on the team goes, he's like, oh, he wasn't going to get to it. It's our disc. And I'm guarding him. And I'm like, yo, like, this dude literally just got knocked out. He's on the floor. Like, we have to stop play. And the first thing that you care about is that it's your Frisbee. And I was like, that frustrated me more than anything that I've ever experienced on an ultimate field. Because I'm like... I get trying to win in the calls, like I've dealt with that before, but in the league game, you don't, you like, you literally care more about the disc, getting the disc back than like this guy that literally just got plowed through by like, so like, luckily I ended up being okay, but I was like very, very frustrated. And it's actually the only time in a ultimate Frisbee match game that I've like purposely not like shaked someone's hand or like high-fived after the game. Cause I was like, I, I like, I like, I'm no, no. So, yeah, last winter, that's definitely my least favorite game I've played in. Okay, appreciate you sharing that. I know uh, probably not an experience you want to bring up again, but a good lesson, though, for yeah. people to, to hear about. If you play league, don't don't be that guy. <laughs> exactly. And uh, just spirit of the game and, yeah, caring for the other team as well. That's uh, Those are all good points there. So we're going to jump into rapid fire here, Gabe. We're going to do some ultimate related questions first. So which uh, throw do you prefer, flick or backhand? Flick. Which throw do you prefer, hammer or scuba? Scuba. Would you rather drop a pole or drop a catch in the end zone? Pole. Would you rather have five silver medals at nationals or one gold medal? Gold. Okay. Do you have a reason for that one? LeBron James. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think, you know, getting five silver medals is like kind of like, it's nice. And like, I'm sure a lot of people would love to be in that situation. If the decision was between like five silver medals and like 
nothing like or like you know i don't know yeah like i'll take it like it's not something i don't want but i think that getting five in a row is just like you're just like frustrated at that point you're like wow we really can't win the game that we need to win that's fair should ultimate frisbee or ultimate be renamed yes do you have a name for it though no i have a name (laughs) (laughs) but it should be renamed i i I feel like ultimate frisbee is like just the name itself is kind of like ultimate frisbee it's I don't know. I feel like if we want to grow the sport and reach different audiences that aren't like mostly upper class white people, like we should name it something that's less. It's like it's like you're trying too hard, like ultimate Frisbee, like it's ultimate Frisbee, man. Let's go like the word ultimate, right? It's like what makes it the ultimate thing? Yeah, it's like you don't need to call it ultimate. Like it's like calling like, oh, we're playing some ultimate football. And like some guy's like, what? It's just football, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the trademark with the Frisbee doesn't help, right? So <laughs> that's part of it. Exactly, exactly. So uh, two more here in these Ultimate-related questions. Should Ultimate be in the Olympics? Yes, I'm biased. And last one, should Ultimate look into using a weighted disc in the wind? Yes. You've probably been part of some windy games where that might have uh, that might have helped, right? Yeah, I mean, I-, I thought about it and I was like, I need to answer quick. So like I said, yes. I think it'd be worth looking into. I don't know if... I would ultimately support doing it. And part of it's just like, oh, like it becomes very subjective and very like there's a lot of gray line of like when can you use it, when can you not? Or if you just want to like use the weight to weighted one more or just allow both teams to use either and you can pick at the beginning which one you're going to receive the pull with, that'd be kind of cool. So I think it'd be cool looking into. I think it would depend on, I don't know how much I would cool a experimentation space. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to go into some non-ultimate questions here. These ones are going to require you to think a little bit here. So you can share a meal with three people in the course of human history, both living or dead there. Who would they be? LeBron James. That's one. Probably Obama. I like Obama. Barack Obama. And mm, Martin Luther King. That'd be a trifecta. Nice. That'd be a great meal uh, to share there. And so then I have to ask, since you're inviting LeBron, you definitely you're thinking he's the goat then over Jordan. Is that is that what I'm assuming here? Or hundred percent. Oh, okay, okay. My friends, my friends, I go back and forth with my friend all the time, and he, and like, yeah, I I've gone hours debating that. So it comes down to who makes their team better and who is a better who embodies the game of basketball better. And to my friend, it's like who can score at will at all times. And to me, it's like. Who can make, literally, it doesn't matter who he's playing with, he makes them better and, like, has put some, you know, names that don't belong in the finals, like, in the finals. So, I think that summarizes the argument. <laughs> That's fair. And uh, we'll we'll save the debate for another time there because uh, that could take up a couple hours, it sounds like. So, we talked off air a little bit about your music. You do some music on the side, you said. So, hopefully you can answer this question. I'm going to give you a chance to put on a concert in your backyard you're allowed to book any band or artist in the world, either a band that exists or maybe they've broken up or an artist as well. You have to pick three and the order in which they play. So I'm the first one. <laughs> all right, all right. You're opening it up. I like it. I like it. I'll open. And what kind of music do you do? I do like array of romantic pop love songs. So is that, And then the other one is like I've tried to get into like kind of rapping on over like an acoustic guitar kind of rapping kind of like social issues identity coming of age things that i really care about trying to put them into like into like a rhythm and a beat so i've started experimenting with that so it's kind of like those two things mainly would you be able to share your uh like do you have like a soundcloud page or something or yeah i have a soundcloud i got some math raps on there as well as where my students listen to my math raps so <laughs> Yeah, if you let me know about that, we'll attach that in the show description. So if you want to check out Game Hernandez's music, you can definitely do that as well. But that's your first one. You're opening. SoundCloud, baby. Who's up? Who's hey. after? <laughs> Second, I think mm, it can be Living or Dead. Yeah, yeah. MJ, Michael Jackson. I had a feeling you're going to say that after you asked the Living or Dead question. <laughs> Michael Jackson. And then J. Cole. Top it off. So J. Cole's, J. Cole's ending it then? He's Yeah, he's the closer. I feel like some people would be like, how are you going to put J. Cole over Michael Jackson? I'm like, bro, he's he's my closer. Like, he's going to he's gonna bring it home. Like, whatever vibe you want, he can put you on. Like, And, yeah, I, I'm a big J. Cole, J. Cole fan. 
Awesome. And last question here. You can't choose ultimate as your answer for this question. So you're going to have all the talent in the world. You can play for any professional team or, you know, be uh, playing golf in the Masters or whatever that looks like for you. So what would you choose if you could play something else besides ultimate? To be like a successful athlete? Yeah. And remember, you have all the talent in this make-believe world. So, Basketball or soccer? I feel like one of those two. I, I want to lean towards soccer just because of like the global platform you have and what comes through that. Yeah, I feel like lean soccer. And do you have a do you have a team that you would uh, want to suit up for there? Probably Barcelona. That'd be cool. I thought you were going to choose an MLS team, but I guess uh, I don't know how many people <laughs> watch the MLS. But Dallas has a team, right? I'm pretty sure. FC Dallas. Yeah, there you go. So shout out to the MLS. But if I had all the talent in the world as a soccer player, like that'd be like Lionel Messi right there. What more do you want? Yeah, exactly. You'd be the second coming, it sounds like. <laughs> so Gabe, that actually ends our show for today. If our audience wants to find out more about you and what you do, we just talked a little bit about the music, but uh, just your social media, can you, if you want to, uh, plug that as well. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I have a YouTube page that I'm trying to start getting more stuff on like music and stuff but it's all um gambito a m b i t o h d e z gambito h des <laughs> twitter uh instagram soundcloud is the same i'll put the links gonna be there it's the same soundcloud.com slash gambito h des so yeah we'll throw all that stuff in the show description you can definitely check that out linkedin you want to add me on linkedin i got you <laughs> Gabe throwing out all the social media right now. So if you want to add him on LinkedIn as well, add a add a teacher there. You can uh, do that. Send me a uh, uh, what's it called when you like recommend someone's like qualities. Yeah, recommendation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do that. <laughs> oh, he wants some recommendation for uh, some skills there, so you can do that as well. Is that what you're saying for yourself? Yeah, yeah. Like put some recommendations. Like whatever you think I'm good at, just put it on there. <laughs> Appreciate you sharing that. So Gabe. You just came from work, so appreciate you coming from work, working. I know how long the days are teaching, so I get it. You're probably tired. Appreciate you coming on the podcast, giving up your time there. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been it's been cool to kind of take a step back through memory lane. So yeah, that's what I try to do on the podcast. So appreciate you uh, enjoying that. So thanks again. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for the next episode where I interview Sarah Melvin. Ultiworld's 2019 Female Player of the Year and captain of the Ireland women's team that was set to compete at the 2020 World Ultimate and Guts Championships. Hear about her journey through the Ireland national team program and her awesome experience on the Eurostars tour. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Juan underscore and underscore only underscore sports. You can see some of my commentating highlights on my YouTube at Juan and Only Sports. And you can reach me by email at theo.wan6 at gmail.com. Catch you listeners on the flip side. Peace.